Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on June 18th, 2021 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features the latest movements on the state budget that statehouse leaders have agreed to. We got some big moves in Congress this week, including the new Juneteenth federal holiday, which one South Carolina Republican opposed. We hear from research economist Dr. Joey Von Nessen about the state's economic recovery and the labor situation. And Dr. Brandon Traxler gives us the latest on the highly contagious Delta variant that is rapidly spreading in our country and state. Additionally, we want to hear your stories, so we set up a voicemail box to hear from you all about your daily life in these increasingly certain times. Remember, it's still June. Leave us a one to three minute long voicemail at 803-563-7169. Let us know about your employment situation, because we know that federal unemployment benefit is running out at the end of the month. So are you back in the workforce? Have you returned from work from home? Let us know, 803-563-7169. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is moderate, according to data from the Department of Health and Environmental Control. There have been 9,792 total deaths, and currently there are 595,448 total cases being reported in all 46 counties as of June 18th at 4 p.m. Our percent positive rate is 2%. Our seven-day moving average for cases is 163. There are currently 142 patients hospitalized with COVID-19. 34 are in intensive care, and 17 are on ventilators. Remember, if you're vaccinated, the chances of you being part of these statistics is incredibly rare, as is the chance that you'll die from COVID. And so far, 1.722 million South Carolinians agree and have been fully vaccinated, putting us at 40.1% of those eligible being vaccinated. And we're on track to mark our ninth week of declining cases and fifth week of declining deaths. Good numbers, let's keep on going. State House and Senate members of the Budget Conference Committee agreed on a $10.7 billion budget compromise on Thursday, with lawmakers in the House and Senate returning on Monday to give it final approval before sending it to Governor Henry McMaster. Now, since we operated under a continuing resolution for this current fiscal year, which ends June 30th, lawmakers had an additional $1.8 billion to budget with, including $520 million worth of recurring money. That growth helped pay for a 2.5% pay raise for state employees, $1,000 pay raise for teachers as well as their annual step increases, and also money to put a nurse and resource officer in every school. Some of the non-recurring dollars are funding needed improvements and upgrades, like $200 million for the Port of Charleston, $400 million for repairs at colleges and universities, which are freezing tuition rates for in-state students, $100 million for school construction in poor rural areas that can't raise enough taxes to cover it, and more. Speaking of cash money, Accelerate SC, the group that the governor formed last year to help determine where federal funding should go and advise on the state's recovery, met again this week to discuss the $8.9 billion coming to the state in federal COVID relief money. That's the American Rescue Plan money we've been talking about. The money is broken down as such, with $2.6 billion being determined by lawmakers, $3.4 billion for education and child care, $1.6 billion for cities and counties, and more. Now, more work is forthcoming, but so far there is an agreement to use the same auditing firm to make sure that money is spent within federal guidelines. 
from SC to DC, and the U.S. House 5th Congressional District Republican Ralph Norman was one of 21 Republicans who voted against a measure to award the highest congressional honor to all members of law enforcement for their work during the January 6th insurrection. The Post and Courier quotes Norman's spokesman, who said the congressman prefers a different bill that more broadly honors the service and sacrifices of the officers. Norman was also one of 14 House Republicans who voted against the bill, passed unanimously by the Senate, making Juneteenth a national holiday. Juneteenth is the day when the last enslaved African Americans in Texas learned about their freedom in 1865, more than two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed. Biden signed that legislation establishing June 19th as Juneteenth National Independence Day on Thursday. On Twitter, Norman complained that referencing this as Independence Day, even though it's specifically Juneteenth National Independence Day, was a slight to Independence Day and called it, quote, wholly inappropriate, quote. That was in all caps, by the way. He also speculates that the holiday will cost over a billion dollars and complained that the bill did not go through the normal vetting process. Meanwhile, House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn gave remarks on the House floor this week about just a piece of the history from 1863 following the passage of the Emancipation Proclamation. Now, when that happened, there was a big meeting down on the banks uh, of a river in Beaufort County, South Carolina, near Port Royal. 4,000 slaves came to listen to General Saxton read the Emancipation Proclamation. On that day, uh, they were freed. However, it was June 19, 1865, two and a half years later, before it was communicated to those who were enslaved in Texas. The failure to communicate kept them in slavery for another two and a half years. The failure to communicate is what seems to keep us from coming together as one people today. If we learn the lessons of history, as George Santayana once uh, said to us, when we learn the lessons of history, we are bound to repeat them if we don't. Clyburn was one of many standing next to President Joe Biden when he signed the bill Thursday. This is the 11th national holiday to be recognized by the federal government, with the New York Times reporting that the last one was Martin Luther King Jr. Day, first proposed after his assassination in 1968, approved by Congress in 1983, and first observed in 1986. And a remembrance. This week marked the sixth anniversary of when our state witnessed one of the worst hate crimes in our history, the slain of nine black parishioners at Mother Emanuel Amy Church in Charleston. We remember their names. Reverend DePayne Middleton Doctor, Cynthia Graham Hurd, Susie Jackson, Ethel Lee Lance, Reverend Clemente Pickney, Tawanza Sanders, Reverend Daniel Simmons, Sr., Reverend Sharonda Coleman Singleton, and Myra Thompson. If you want to learn more about those affected by this tragedy and the days, weeks, and months that followed, I'd recommend Jennifer Barry Hawes' powerful book, Grace Will Lead Us Home. Let's, oh, no, I actually don't have any numbers to give you, folks. Got you there. Don't skip, please. This is a good section. <laughs> 
There's no data. data. Nothing here. But South Carolina continues to maintain a stable recovery after the pandemic rocked our state last year. And as you heard earlier, we have even seen tax revenue increases, thanks in large part to the billions in federal stimulus that was pumped into our state. But to get an update on our economy and the labor challenges, I caught up with research economist Dr. Joey Von Nessen from the Darla Moore School of Business at the University of South Carolina. We spoke on This Week in South Carolina. Well, overall, the economy is doing well, and we're seeing very strong recovery in general. I still think the best term to describe this economy, both at a state and national level, is to use the term economic whiplash, because that's that's the reality of what we're facing. We went through a sizable downturn last year, of course, in the aftermath of the, the pandemic between uh, March and April of 2020. And we're basically seeing the inverse of that right now with a rapid increase in demand particularly in the services sector, now that the vaccine is widely available and we're in the middle of tourism season. And to put a specific point on that, if we look at the average growth rate among spending of the American consumer on services, it's about 4% per year over the last decade or so. But just in the last year and throughout 2021, it's been up about 20% year over year. So a, a, a large increase over what we're normally used to seeing. And again, part of that is just ramping up as we see this, this economic recovery continue to continue to thrive. And so what do you expect to see when we see those new economic, uh, those new unemployment numbers come out uh, next week for May? Do you expect us to be maintaining that trend of slowly adding jobs to our state's economy? Where do you, where do you see us going? I think we'll, we'll continue to see slow and steady job gains. We do have a significant labor shortage right now, and that's for a number of reasons. One reason is the unemployment benefits and the federal supplement to that, which has made it basically allows that to be uh, competitive with the employers who are looking to hire workers. And, and the cutoff is about $16 an hour. So right now through the end of June, if you were working full time earning $16 an hour before the pandemic began, then you are better off financially on unemployment right now. And so that's really affecting the service sector, especially where we see those wage rates that are comparable. And therefore they're having the most trouble pulling people back into the labor force, which is happening at the same time that their demand is is growing so much. So that's going to help uh, for, for the service sector in general. The other element here is that we've seen workers that have been reluctant to go back because of childcare issues. And so that's going to, uh, that's going to change directions in the fall. So I think as we see these unemployment benefits expire, and then when we get to the fall and students go back to school in a more normal learning environment, then that's going to also alleviate this labor shortage as well. And I just want to kind of wrap up with the, the labor demand situation too. You know, we we have seen places like Walmart go to $15 an hour. Costco has gone to $16 an hour. Amazon is increasing uh, wages on a variety of scales. Uh, so is this something that's been a long time coming, this kind of reckoning? It seems like a lot of these, uh, the folks in the labor market, the labor side of things, have a little bit more power than they've had before to kind of demand these higher wages. Um, do you think that that's to their advantage? Do you think that there are there's the ability for these companies, maybe even small mom and pop operations, to kind of go toe-to-toe -to -toe with these bigger guys? Or is this going to be kind of a, uh, a reckoning of sorts? Well, I think it really depends on, on demand, and it comes down to what their expectations are going forward. I think labor shortage challenges is going to be is going to be a defining challenge for the U.S. economy in the 2020s uh, because we're looking at a number of different factors that suggest that the labor force pulling people in and finding workers that 
that industries and companies need is is going to be a challenge. Everything from uh, overall low immigration levels to the baby boomers retiring to lower birth rates, all of this uh, basically converges on a, a significant labor shortage. So I think wages going up is a, a, a consequence of that or one consequence of that as employers look for ways to, to recruit more people. And I think we're also going to see more trends towards automation and towards other uh, alternatives to labor, and it will accelerate some of the technological usage in the in the workplace for that reason. You can catch that full interview with Dr. Von Nessen on youtube.com slash South Carolina ETV and catch the show every Friday at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday at 1.30 p.m. on SCETV channels statewide. And on our way out, the moving company North American Van Lines came out with its 2020 migration report that found South Carolina was once again a top inbound destination for folks. Yay! Now we moved down a peg to fourth behind Idaho, Arizona, and Tennessee. Boo! With North Carolina trailing us. Get used to it, suckers. States in the South consistently rank well in the list of inbound moves, according to the company. But where are people coming from? Who are all these people? Well, they're coming from Illinois, New York, California, New Jersey, and Maryland. Yes, those last two are the home states of AT and yours truly rounding out the top there. Though I will say I moved here in 2011, back when South Carolina was a top destination. That's about its health for four years, so hashtag trendsetter. All right, folks, if you have not been vaccinated yet, the hyper-transmissible Delta strain has you in its sights. I mean, Delta strain, doesn't that just sound bad? Delta strain. I know our cases, hospitalizations, and deaths are low, but people are still getting sick and dying. And the Delta strain is much worse. And again, there is so much we don't know about the virus and its long-term effects. Public health officials expect this to become the dominant strain soon. Now, I know some people who've already previously had COVID think, oh, I have immunity, I don't need the shot. Well, it's still not clear how long that immunity lasts. So consider it one of the free, abundant, and effective vaccines as a booster. That's one way to think about it, especially against this variant, which now accounts for 10% of all U.S. cases. Yes, 10%. Remember last week when it was like 6%? It's growing. And DHEC Public Health Director Dr. Brandon Traxler said this week that so far four cases have been detected in our state, which of course means there's a higher likelihood of more being present. Uh, Public Health England, which is the closest thing England has to similar to our CDC, uh, released a data analysis a couple of days ago that shows that being fully vaccinated with the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine is 96% effective against hospitalization i.e. severe ill disease, uh, due to the Delta variant. This is why we continue encouraging vaccinations through all of our various events and projects. Our Shot with the Chaser uh, campaign, for example, has gotten off to a great start. And the same goes for our COVID-19 Vaccine Action Week uh, that began on this past Sunday and will run through the end of this week. So it's ongoing this week. All of these efforts are even uh, more important as we head further into the summer. We realistically could see a surge in cases after that July 4th holiday 
uh, due to vacations, events, and um, other activities that involve larger groups of unvaccinated people. Now, while Traxor wasn't able to tell us just how many samples in total were sequenced to find those four cases, it should be troubling enough that the CDC is already predicting it will become the dominant strain. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and want to hear your stories as well. So let us know what you're up to. If you're still looking for a job and receiving federal unemployment assistance, we want to hear from you. Maybe you've returned to work after working at home. How's that going? Better? Worse? Indifferent? Or call us and tell us what you're planning on doing this summer that you couldn't do last summer. Short answer here is a lot. Well, tell us. 803-563-7169. AT has who has who has called to tell us something. We've got some calls. There have been a lot of listeners doing their uh, leaderly duty, which is <laughs> nice, you know. Yes, uh, I love you. Love to see it. The so, tithing. Um, yeah, this is basically tithing. You all owe us at least one. I know you're out there. I get the numbers. I you're know not you're not paying listening. for anything. The least <laughs> you can do is give us a call or become an <laughs> EGB us- member. Think about that. Yeah, <laughs> or you can just call us and give us two minutes of your time yeah. or less. We Three at max. But anyway, here is the call for today. Mm-hmm. Hi, this is Amanda from the Charleston area. I am a longtime listener and attended the virtual happy hour that y'all had last year, which was a lot of fun. Um, I hope there's another happy hour or event planned soon because my husband and I are vaccinated and we are ready to attend and have some drinks. Today was the last day of kindergarten for my oldest. It was a wild year, but I am so grateful to all the teachers, administrators, and staff. We made it, y'all. My son was full-time in person from the start of the year. Um, I was nervous at first, but he wore his mask that whole time and was fine with it. He was fine. His class never had to go into quarantine or anything like that. Um, What amazes me is that there were a handful of students who were virtual in his class. And so the teacher had them up on the smart board and taught both groups at the same time. And I mentioned this was kindergarten, right? (laughs) Um, The teachers this year were rock stars. And I hope that next year's final budget does include the pay raise because they deserve it. Um, I also wanted to take a brief moment to give a shout out to best friend of the pod, Meg Kennard. I'm following her journey on Twitter and thinking only good thoughts. Um, and I look forward to hearing her voice very soon. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Hey, Amanda. Love hearing you're a longtime listener and first time caller. We appreciate that. She's doing her duty. First and time, yes, long time. We do need a new happy hour. We do need to get back on the road. We plan on doing that soon. Um, those live tapings were always so much fun, and we look forward to doing that again. We had our last live taping was right before it was like uh, March things 10th. hit the fan. Yeah, yeah, right down there at Holy City. So, uh, also congrats to your little kindergartner graduating. That's awesome. You know, Wears mask the whole time. That's crazy. Yeah. I can't believe it. We echo that shout out to the teachers too. I mean, talk about rock stars. I don't. I don't know how you imagine. get a cl- uh, yeah a class of uh, kindergartners. How do you get a class of cool. kindergartners to keep their mask on? I I know adults that can't keep it on. So, <laughs> yeah, anyway. we know lots of adults that can't keep their masks on. <laughs> so I'm saying the great job. Well, and like of they course, say, everything you learn about life, you learn in kindergarten, right? You learn how to follow <laughs> the rules, and then you just 
I guess fall apart from there. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we, we do love uh, the shout out to Meg, Meg yes. Kennard. She is the best friend of the pod. Um, yeah, I just I and, spoke with her yesterday. She, you know, if you're following her journey, like you said, Amanda, she she did get the news that she wanted here out of her last trip to Houston, but she's still remaining uh, still remaining positive, optimistic. They're they got they're going to be going back there in a couple weeks to check things out, see how the, her tumors are progressing and in a good way. They're shrinking. That's great. They haven't been spreading. Uh, they're just not shrinking as fast as she would like. But um, this is cancer. We're just rolling with the punches, taking it day by day. Shrinking is shrinking. We're all there. Yeah, we're there for Meg. I, so. I, I got a great uh, text from my friend CJ who called, who, who, who we played on uh, Monday's pod, I think it was, the, the Backyard Pitmaster SC, um, the, the aspirational smoke boy. But mm-hmm. uh, he told me that he, Meg, followed him on Instagram. Oh, and he's like, I feel like, I feel like a royal <laughs> is following me. And I was like, yes, the queen is. So there you go. Yeah. It, 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 he feels like uh, incredibly hashtag blessed. So Meg is uh, blessings on all of us, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> For sure. Love, anyway, love, love. today's the day, right, Gavin? Today's everyone's favorite part of the week. Yes. <laughs> when we have intern Josh's news. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Oh, good, great, great, and it's I've, great to see you. And guys. if yeah, if you haven't um, seen our most recent Insta post, Josh and At wore similar outfits the other day, <laughs> unplanned, <laughs> unplanned. Very exciting though. Had to get a photo. <laughs> it worked out great. It's awesome. <laughs> I, I'm sorry that uh, I I look like a a, a mountain large size freak <laughs> next to Josh. Uh, Josh is a normal sized man, and I'm not. We've well, talked about this when I when I'm photographed next to the reporters, right? I look like. This large person. Yeah. AT, we need a photo of us standing side by side to see. I think we, we're pretty size. close. We're pretty close. Yeah. We're pretty close. But anyway, Josh, don't let us cut you off anymore. What, what you got for today? I actually have more whale news. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love that your segment is becoming a whale segment. I didn't, I didn't, obviously I didn't plan it, but I couldn't, I couldn't pass this up. So, uh, and it's an NPR article, so it's 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 kind of official. In the family. All right. Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, all right. A lobster diver in Cape Cod says a humpback whale scooped him up and spat him out. Okay. I saw this. I saw this I story, saw too. This. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I believe this, oh. but keep going, Josh. All right. Yeah. Go conspiracy so, on this. The local TV station, WBZ-TV, reported that Michael Packard was diving off the coast of Provincetown, Massachusetts, and he says he was about 45 feet down in the water when he suddenly felt this huge bump and everything went dark. <laughs> Wild. He initially feared he had been attacked by a shark, so he felt around and realized there were no teeth and he wasn't in any pain. So through process of elimination that all regular people go through, he realized <laughs> that he was in a whale's mouth and it was trying to swallow him. <laughs> We've all yes. been there before. Yeah. And he says he was in the whale's mouth for about 30 to 40 seconds before he rose to the surface and it spit him out. I'm not going to lie. For a second, I, I feel dumb saying this, but I thought he was going to say the whale rose to the surface and shot him through the blowhole. <laughs> oh, that would be the best. That, that would be the best yeah. case scenario. Yeah. But I had to remind myself, this isn't, this isn't Looney Tunes. This is real life, so... That's that hard to remember cool. sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, no uh, broken bones, and he walked out of the hospital the same day. Wild. Yeah. I, I mean, don't know if I believe this. Oh, okay. Oh, do you oh, want do you want to hear my reason? Sure. My rationale here. Okay. So I, I I have a lot of family in New England and uh, fish folk. They're 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 East Coast freaks. Okay. <laughs> like we know our lobster stuff, <laughs> and I don't know a single person who dives for lobsters. It's lobster boats. They set out traps and they pull boats. up boats. Boats. 
But like, so I, why is this guy one diving for lobsters and two, like he probably just hit his head and like woke up on the surface. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't buy that. It's it's totally hard to prove. They do have two other witness accounts Mm. because there were two guys who pulled them back onto the, the boat they sailed out on. And they saw like uh, a whale spit this guy out. They said they saw him. The guy said he saw him spit him out. He went out feet first into the air. (laughs) The spin's still on. He still had his, you know, all his diving equipment and everything on, Mm -hmm. and he fell on the surface of the water. And they rowed out there to pull him back in. You know, I will say thirty to forty seconds is better than the amount of time that Jonah spent in the belly of the whale. Three three days had to just research that one. But see, that's the whole thing because they're just oh, they're filtering that plankton, so I don't think they can even really swallow. I don't know how did he miss the whale. How did he miss the whale? Oh, it just came up behind. I mean, you could eat. It can happen, <laughs> AT. Stealthy whales. You don't bro, have rearview okay? mirrors in the ocean, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I see um, what you mean. You could probably feel that whale, like the current, <gasps> just like pushing I, like, water. You feel up when against someone's you. like staring at you, like, and you're in your office. You, you can, can feel when someone's outside. Whale. You can't tell that there's a whale behind I don't, you. I don't. I mean, you know how the sea is. It's unpredictable out there. But I will say, this ranks up there of experiences that I would love to have. And it, it ties, I would say, getting you struck. Want to be by eaten by a whale? You want to be eaten by a whale? I don't want to be eaten. I want the same experience this guy had. Where you get to have you, <laughs> you want an in and out, out. Yeah. in yeah. and out. Yeah, okay. it, that ranks with getting struck by lightning with no permanent damage. Yeah, except maybe no, knowing I mean, when it's going to rain. You know? Oh, yeah. Starting. I mean, Gavin, honestly, no kink shaming. So whatever, whatever you're into, <laughs> you, you know, wouldn't, you wouldn't. I mean, that's the cra- or maybe getting bitten by a shark. Well, that might no. be too traumatic. I don't want to get bitten by a shark at all. Well, this is a great experience. He's not hurt. He had a wild story, which you don't believe, which is okay. I don't believe it. This is uh, this even is though a there were eyewitness accounts. Uh, this could help his lobster business if you want. Oh, this is one giant scam to promote the lobster. That's what he can't afford a, a boat. That's why he's doing this. <laughs> this he said. I want to apologize to the whale. Lobster diver tells humpback tale on Jimmy Kimmel. 18. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. He got himself on Kimmel. He's probably on Ellen next and like whatever. He's probably going to get tour. like a, yeah, man. a Hyundai or something. Uh, this well. is all to get a Hyundai. I'm sure of it. <laughs> well, I mean, we've seen people do crazy things for air fryers, so I understand. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we go, I want to just, again, ask people to give us some shout outs, talk to them about their employment situation. And I want to bring up one thing about what's different right now since we've been working here in the office, AT, yeah. is that... You know, at home, you have your food. That's all it is. People aren't bringing in random things. Yeah, you're eating at home. Like today, when there were dozens of donuts, duck donuts. So many. In our department content, then I come over to radio, there's another dozen over here. Yeah. There's big things There were two dozen. Two dozen in radio. Yeah. You guys had two dozen? We had two dozen, too. Yeah. Well, Gavin, uh, the, so I use all my is, power to not. Yeah, Gavin touch them. is has a sweet tooth and is trying to not eat uh, the garbage foods. So, knowing this, I don't. I also <laughs> so one thing to know: I don't eat very many sweets. You gotta know this about and Gavin. Will go out of his way <laughs> to get me to eat sweets. So I said. If you eat, if Gavin, if you eat two donuts, I'll eat one. Which I could do and, in one breath. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I was tempting him like a, a, a true Satan. Um, and so, uh, but, so it was, it was, so a, good, it was so good fun. Yeah. Josh had some donuts. I had yeah, two. Jo- Josh put away some That's donuts. That's more than I normally eat. 
But those donuts are good. They tasted like cakes. So that was yes. awesome. Jo- Josh was into them. He he was he could, you couldn't shut this guy yeah. up. But I don't donuts. eat sweets like you. But if it's in if it's in the area, then I'm probably going to eat it. That's why I don't I keep can, sweets yeah. in the house. I can, house. I can leave it. I, hear I can let it go. No. Gavin, Gavin will just if this house was them. if this was if this was winter time and I wasn't going to the beach anytime soon, <laughs> I would have had yeah. six. Okay, <laughs> or Mykonos, <laughs> or Mykonos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, also, just right before we leave, Gavin, last thing right here before you do the credits, I. I just right want to point right out now, that direct from the lamp, direct <laughs> the the number one donut eater in the building <laughs> is Vince Cold Brugo. Vince yeah. Cold Brugo, the the voice of afternoon news, is <laughs> is the number one donut eater. And uh, I just wanted to dox. I him know. On that, I, well, so. I've been I've been kind of giving him a hard time too because I'm like Vince, there's still donuts left. There's donuts in my content. He'll eat eight donuts. He'll eat nine. I, donuts. I would have gone toe for toe with him. I'm telling you this. I mean, brag, no one's brag, even here brag. on a Friday, so. Free donuts over here. The, those are donuts for you. But anyway, say goodbye to everyone, Gavin. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for listening to the pod and show us your appreciation by leaving us a review or voicemail at 803-563-7169. You can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and South Carolina Public Radio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Hello and welcome to the South. I don't like the way that sounds. One, two, one, okay, two. Yeah. Start. Good start. Good start. I'm too loud.